And then I'd listen to radio. I had a, a cassette recorder. I would always record music from radio. I even became a pro at recording from radio. I would do it so nicely. I would be able to, you know, remove all the sweepers and jump and skip the sweepers and be able to stop the recording when I sense that the presenter is about to say something. You know, it was it was an amazing feeling. It's very nostalgic still to me. To me. To me. And now, here's your host, Tony Doe. Hi, I'm Tony Doe, and this is my podcast, where I get to chat with radio folks who answer questions fans are curious about. This audio series is about people from different backgrounds who share their radio stories and how they feel about the medium's present and future. The Tony Doe Podcast is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. So listen, subscribe, and share. Now let's meet my guest. I am Kenneth the Great J, and this is the Tony Doe Podcast. What does a Kenneth Ugweje pitch sound like? Okay, you pick up your radio set, and you're determined to listen to someone who's got a great voice, who plays amazing music, in fact, curates the best music, and also dishes information to you in a very, very smooth and lovely style. That's me. I'm Kay Boogie, a radio personality and broadcaster. For the next few minutes, we'll be having a good time together as I tell you about myself and my journey through radio. Why radio? Now, I don't even know, you know, but I, one thing I know is I did not stumble on radio. I've always known in some way, some part of me that I will eventually do radio. Maybe for a hubby. Maybe as a profession, but I just knew that I'd do radio. And, of course, it's being a worthwhile journey. Uh, highs and lows, good times, bad times, time to learn, time to shine. You know, it's just being a poopery of old stuff. Uh, great stuff, actually. And here I am today, a radio personality and broadcaster. Take me through your radio journey. How did you fall in love with radio? My radio journey actually started from uh, way back in secondary school, I think 1993, 1994. And this journey, the inspiration, you know, for this radio journey started actually with my love for music. I am crazy about music. You can't separate me from my music. And you see, when I say I'm crazy about music, I don't mean one genre, uh, one type of music. I listen to everything. You know, there's something to pick from every uh, genre of music, from high life to reggae to dancehall to hip hop and R&B to trap, you know, even Indian music, even music from uh, East Africa, Salif Keita, Yusu Undur, Papa Wemba, <laughs> the list is endless. So I listened to everything. And you see, the love for music actually uh, endeared me towards radio. Uh, of course, uh, way back in the day, uh, when I started listening to radio early in the 90s, we had uh, just about a few radio stations in Lagos. I grew up in Lagos. I was born and raised in Lagos. And of course, uh, um, these radio stations, this few radio stations that I listened to at that time were serving good music. 
uh, talk about OGBC2 in Abelkuta. Uh, they were, you know, one of the most powerful forces to where I have become today. The whole of Lagos at the time was listening to OGBC2. Now imagine the whole of Lagos listening to a station in Abelkuta. You can't understand that these times, you know, I, I tell, you know, a couple of young people that there was a time in Lagos that you people in Lagos were tuning to a station in Abelkuta for information and music. And, you know, they get to be like, wow, how possible is that? And, you know, that was at the time, you know, and it was my favorite radio station at the time. And then I'd listen to radio. I had a, a cassette recorder. I would always record music from radio. I even became a pro at recording from radio. I would do it so nicely. I would be able to, you know, remove all the sweepers and jump and skip the sweepers and be able to stop the recording when I sense that the presenter is about to say something. You know, it was it was an amazing feeling. It's very nostalgic still to me. And I had lots of radio cassettes, lots of it. And most of these cassettes were from my recordings on radio. So I was listening to radio, watching TV, NTA2 Channel 5 was my favorite television station because they were playing the kind of music that I loved. I cannot remember where the love for R&B and hip-hop actually stemmed from, but I just knew I loved music. And I had parents who were crazy music lovers. My house had this gallery, this gallery where it was filled with my dad's cassettes and records and vinyl, you know, um, um, Vinyl LPs, yes, my dad's LPs, you know. So my mom and dad were clearly people who, you know, had a thing for music, a very strong thing for music. And I, you know, when I look back at a couple of years away uh, from today, I can say, you know, I picked my love for music from them. Yes, I strongly did. You know, so I was so crazy. And then in 94, Raypar FM came through in 94, and this was madness for me. Now, a station playing you great music within the course of a 24-hour broadcast. Brand new jams. Oh, Lord. I run Chris that period. Now, these, um, I think, uh, these eras were early 90s, 90, Raypar came in 94. I was in secondary school at the time, and I just got more crazy about radio. I would always leave school early, you know, sometimes even before closing time to just go and sit in front of the radio and record music and listen to how the presenters were introducing the music and everything. And it, it became a hobby, you know. Other people would go play video games, Mario games, play snooker, play... <laughs> but hey, I'm in front of the radio recording music and listening to how the presenters are presenting. And at some point, I said, Mimi King owning my own radio station, owning my own radio shows, presenting my own radio sh shows, you know. So that's when I knew that guy, there's something about this. And you know the funny and interesting part? I, am a, I was a science student. I was in science class. I wanted to be a medical doctor. So you see, at that time, I it was not clear that I was going to be a radio personality, but I just knew that I was going to do something that had to do with radio. It was, it was much later, uh, I think in university, that I decided, guy, 
you are going to do radio as a profession. Yes. But way back in the day, in my secondary school days, when I picked up that love for radio, it wasn't clearly caught. You know, my parents wanted me to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. I was in science class. I was doing everything fantastically well. I was passing my subjects. I loved chemistry. I loved physics, you know. So, Anyway, um, uh, within that space of time, I had people that I listened to uh, that I admired a lot on radio, uh, a couple of them. Some I can't remember their names right now. And the reason, uh, the reason I can't remember the name of some of them right now is uh, while they pronounced or mentioned their name on radio, I couldn't quite well get it. You know, there was no IG social media or Google at the time to go check or blah, blah, blah. So, and then, you know, I was pretty young at the time, so I couldn't really pick some. But hey, uh, there are just some that really stand out, you know, that I could remember uh, coming up. J.A.J. J.A.J. Till this day is my biggest influence on radio. That's Jacob Akiemi Johnson. I really started listening to him well uh, from the early days of Rhythm 93.7. I think it was 96, 97, 98. Yeah, 97, 98 or thereabout. And I fell in love with the voice of J.A.J. Yes. Another person is Tokwe Brown. May he so rest in peace. He used to be called the Brown Sugar. Uh, that's actually one of my appellations today. Uh, aside from being called K Boogie on radio, my earliest appellations on radio used to be Brown Sugar. I'm still called that till today. Tokwe Brown, amazing voice. He used to do the night show. <laughs> oh, Lord. It, it was just, it still remains very nostalgic. I have goosebumps right now. Tokwe Brown. Uh, J.A.J., uh, Jacob Akiemi Johnson, the man who has a very young voice. If you, if you, if you imagine him by how he sounds, you probably think he's 27, even up till today. You probably think he's a 26 year old guy. J.A.J. is the Don. J.A.J., the Macadon of Rhythm 93.7. Amazing. Uh, other influences. We had Steve the Sleek Caddery. May his soul rest in perfect peace. Oh, Lord. His sweepers were mad. His choice of music and his voice. <sighs> Steve the Sleek Caddery. And then we had uh, we had a couple of others at the time. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We had, uh, okay, Sugar Ray. Yes, BC Adebola. He used to be a favorite. He is still a favorite. He doesn't do radio anymore. You know, he used to be with Ray Par FM, uh, BC Adebola, way back in the day. He used to be called Sugar Ray. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? For the ladies, yes, chemistry. Chemistry. Yes, chemistry was a great influence. Uh, she's a lady. She used to do radio in the 90s uh, with Rhythm 93.7. Yes, yes. Chemistry. Uh, we had, um, okay, this guy who used to do Rhythm of the Night on Rhythm FM. It was a great influence too. Uh, what's his name? Shala Thompson. Yes, Shala Thompson. Amazing voice. At some point, Phoenix. You know, Phoenix. Mehoso, rest in perfect peace. Uh, yes, was an amazing, amazing inspiration for me on radio. Young lady, 
much later on radio, I think in the 2000s, early 2000s. Yes, she was a great inspiration. She used to be on mid-morning radio and she was a great influence for me to do radio. Yes, and of course, um, uh, who else? Binga Shuriya. Yes, the Magnificent. Yes, yes. And a couple of other great people I just can't remember now, you know, that were earlier influences uh, from Femi Sholu. Yes, Femi Sholu was an amazing voice that I always listened to, uh, you know, loved to listen to on radio. And then you see beyond uh, the people I admired who were presenters, another crop or set of people that I admired were radio DJs. Oh, Lord. Even, I'd say, I, I admired more radio DJs than I did radio presenters at the time. Hmm. Lots of them. Lots of them. Uh, let's start. Okay, let's start. Radio, present, uh, radio DJs I admired a lot. I admired DJ Vinyl. Yes, DJ Vinyl. I admired DJ Humility. Amazing DJ. Then Star FM had some crazy DJs way back in the day. Oh, crazy DJs who were tauntable wizards. Star FM used to be bangers way back in the day. Star FM 101.5 in Lagos. You know, uh, these days, I don't know, but <laughs> way back in the day, when you talk about Lagos's top five, Star FM Lagos was, was, was everything. Uh, talk about DJs. I remember the DJs were amazing. DJ Oxy J, uh, DJ Xmas, yes, DJ Xmas, and then uh, Electrifying Johnny. Uh, uh, we also had DJ Shegzy. Shegzy uh, used to play on Sunday evenings. Oh Lord, the mixes were retarded. The beat marching playing a cappella of a particular song on another instrumental. <laughs> DJ Xmas, Chris the Tease at dinner. I think that's the name. Uh, yes, and who else? Okay, for the DJs, we had DJ uh, Midas. Yes, Midas. Chris Baby Love on Rhythm 93.7. Uh, KLM, yes. Uh, we had a lady DJ then at Star FM. May her soul rest in peace. She used to be called DJ Lokshai. She was mad. She was mad in the two worlds still. We had uh, DJ Shai Shai Shilon. DJ Shai Shai Shilon uh, at Raypar FM at the time. We also had, um, oh Lord, the one DJ that was my DJ, my go-to DJ for hip-hop songs, like hardcore rap songs in the mix. I think this DJ is the only DJ in Lagos at the time. Uh, the only DJ in Lagos at the time that was giving hardcore rap mixes. Hardcore rap songs clean. That's the interesting part. These songs were edited and clean on radio in Lagos. He was known for it. And I loved, you know, rap songs and, of course, hardcore rap songs. And he would just put them in the mix back to back. We're talking about DJ Naughty Steve. Oh, Lord, he was he was bangers. I don't know where he is right now. I think after this, I'll look him up on uh, Instagram. DJ Naughty Steve, 
was crazy way back in the day on uh, radio in Lagos. His mixes were gangster, you know, <laughs> crazy cr scratches, Naughty Steve, oh Lord, he was everything on radio. And then we had DJ FX2, you know, who was another favorite of mine, you know, for many years, DJ FX2 was my favorite DJ on radio. Uh, we had uh, DJ X Chris, who came much later. Uh, DJ Neptune was another DJ on radio. The DJ Neptune that you know right now uh, used to be a radio DJ. Still a radio DJ right now. But way back in the day, he had m lots of time on radio to do live mixes. Uh, he used to be on Ray Power Thursdays. Yes, Thursdays on radio. Uh, DJ Neptune. The Neptune that we know today. Yes, he used to be on Raypar FM way back in the day. And a lot of other people. See, I can go on and on, but I just stopped there for now. Okay, and of course, uh, one thing that I admired on radio before I got on radio was the, uh, you know, the nice segue from great music to information and then back to great music and radio creative radio sweepers and how radio was just a, a, a smooth ride, you know, from one... Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> I really do. Would you say radio has changed much since when you first fell in love with it? I think that radio has changed pretty much, you know, in a lot of ways these days. Yes, we have a lot of radio stations right now. But I, when I, I don't know... Maybe I'm just being sentimental, you know, but I would say that I really loved 90s radio compared to radio of today. I think I'd say that. Probably because, probably because, well, let's not go there, you know. I don't like those kind of comparisons, you know. Uh, yes, so let's not go there. But if you ask me, I still prefer 90s radio and early 2000s radio compared to radio of today. Yes. So, uh, how everything is done on radio, the arrangement, and then people knowing, presenters knowing that they don't need to talk too much to pass the message was something that I really loved about radio a couple of years ago, you know. And, of course, uh, radio presenters any day, any time are stars. The fact that you, you see, radio is a very intimate, emotional medium that taps a lot into your imagination. Uh, I think it's a bit watered down these days. Like you don't build up that, uh, you don't build up that anticipation anymore for the radio presenter these days because you can just go look up their IG handle and then you just deflate the anticipation. You just puncture the anticipation immediately, you know. And sometimes you don't like what you see. You already imagine them to be tall, muscular, <laughs> very handsome, and they're not that, you know. Sometimes they're not that, and your expectations and anticipations are just deflated and you're disappointed. But way back in the radio, uh, sorry, way back in the day, uh, it wasn't that way because you couldn't get to see the presenter so easily. And then you just revel in their voice and what they do. And you're just imagining how they look. Uh, 
and your mind is already creating pictures for you as to how they look. And then, you know, that anticipation and love, even sometimes you start crushing on them, you start making them your imaginary friend, you know, sometimes it's crazy that you start having something sexual for them already without seeing them. And then this anticipation can go on for many years until maybe one day you get to see them. But you see, that period of time where you imagined will be worthwhile, even if at the end of the day, they don't meet your physical expectations. You know, you just enjoyed, you just revel in the fact that you enjoyed that period of uh, you know, imagining how they were. And you see, interestingly, this was one of the things that I loved about radio. You know, I just I just loved knowing that people can be stars. And one of the quality of a star is, you know, your inability to get access to them easily. That's one thing that makes a star stand out. You know, the inability to get across to them easily as you would wish. It's an important quality for stardom. And radio presenters had it at the time, you know. So it was one of the things that I wanted to be a star. I wanted to talk like them. And I also wanted to be able to play my own music on radio. That was one of the things. I wanted people to listen to how I compile my own music. And to add, in the course of this radio journey, I have been a DJ too. I can still DJ very well. Right now, I just don't have so much time for it because of a lot of responsibilities, you know. So I learned that in the course of my radio job. Fun fact. <laughs> when did you get your first shot at radio? Like, when did you get into radio, like, seriously, as a job or a profession? My first shot at radio was sometimes in 2004. I was actually to come back to Lagos for my industrial attachment. And uh, 2004, I was in my third year in university. And then I actually am a graduate of industrial chemistry. So, you know, third year I was in industrial chemistry. But radio, radio, I, I still had that part of me that said, guy, you're going to do radio. So when I came into Lagos, you know, when I came back into Lagos, I actually schooled at Abia State University. So when I came back into Lagos in 04 uh, for my IT, one of the things that I wanted to do on that G was to try to get into radio somehow. So Cool FM was having an audition at that time where they wanted somebody who's got the mic a microphone voice. That's like a radio presenter. And people were to come submit their CDs or uh, cassettes at their office, uh, their studios in VI. So then, you know, I recorded something in my room. Yes, I, you know, I recorded something in my room. I didn't go to a studio or stuff. I just recorded in my room and then I took it to VI. But I couldn't make the shot. You know, another factor at the time was even if I got the opportunity to make that shot, I was still in school, you know. So I didn't feel so bad, you know, that I wasn't picked or anything. What was I going to tell my folks? You know, that I was dropping out of school. You know, I was pretty young at the time. So I just let it go. And then I was done with IT. And then I got back to school for my finals. That's my final year. And surprisingly, interestingly too, and excited. Lee, too. 
a new radio station had opened in school. It was a private radio,、uh, sorry, a campus radio station, SIFE,、uh, students in free enterprise, one o seven point five, and then quickly. You know, I went, got on radio, and said, "Doing everything." Now, the station was opened、uh, with the mindset that it was going to be filled with a lot of mass communication students. You know, because they like feel they're the ones who own that craft. And as a student of industrial chemistry, I came through, and I was like, "Hey, I could do this." And everyone was like, "Wow, really? Are you sure?" And the first day they put me on on radio, everybody was crazy surprised. That's how I started. I got through school, you know, finished everything, did the mandatory one-year service, and came back to Lagos. And then、uh, I got my first radio gig with Radio Nigeria.、Uh, that's Radio One, Choice FM. Right now, it's called Choice. Right now, one of three point five. Big shout out to Mr. Victor Roro、uh, at the time,、uh, Mrs. Uh, delightsome Alfred, they wear the plugs. Yes, I'm grateful to them always for giving me that opportunity. But I had a stint. It was just a stint, you know, a short time. For some reason,、uh, at the time, I couldn't be there for too long, so I left. And then leaving that place was not leaving radio. It was me leaving to.、Um, Rejig, put my mind in proper perspective, and decide what's next. And then I had few stints here and there. You know, joined a couple of friends on the radio shows at Co FM. We had Jamal, then at a Co FM Lagos. So you know, I was on the show a couple of times, and I was really looking at getting on board Raypar FM in Lagos. I pulled some strings. And at that time, it wasn't possible. But much later, it became, you know, dream come reality for Raypar FM. But not immediately at that time. So I was still in Lagos, you know, trying to hook up, see this person, get on this station, and blah blah blah. And suddenly, sometimes in two thousand and eight, someone just called me up that the radio station was opening in another city, at Belkuta, actually. So I had to pack my bag and baggages, <laughs> left Lagos for Abuja, and then radio started. After that time, I felt like I needed to be back in Lagos or try other horizons. And of course,、uh, sometimes in two thousand and eleven, I landed a radio gig at two radio stations. Yes. You know, you say how possible that is, but hey, that was Raypar FM in Lagos, and then Splash FM in Ibadan. After some time, cut long story short, I had to settle for、uh, Splash FM in Ibadan. I had to go to Raypar FM first, re- resumed, <laughs> because I wanted to be in Lagos. I wanted to be back in Lagos, but after some time, you know, one thing led to another, and hey, I work right now with Splash FM in Ibadan. And I've been there for more than a decade. What's a typical day at work like for you? My shifts are basic,、uh, basically music and entertainment, you know, and news. Yes, I read the news, but my shifts, particularly、uh, music, entertainment, you know, just fun, fun radio, and that's what I grew up on. So it's still a part of me till today. 
I do the mellow shifts, music-based, entertainment-based shifts. So my day actually starts um, off the radio, actually. Uh, I mean, you know, if I have a shift, say, for 12 uh, noon, for noon, uh, my day on radio has started a couple of hours before that, probably at home, you know, preparing for how the show is going to be. Uh, so it starts with me, uh, you know, looking for, the, you know, the newest sound, the newest song, uh, the new releases, and also looking for a throwback song to wow people with. I always love to infuse a throwback song into my every radio routine. I do not feel that radio, uh, throwback songs have to be played on a certain day of the week, like a lot of people feel these days. I feel music and good music is good music. So if I'm playing a trap record right now, the next song that might come after it might just be a beautiful song from the 80s because music is music. Yes. You know, so I start the day preparing, getting my songs, getting my playlists. I also edit music too. So if there's a song I love so much that I want to be on radio, I have to make sure it's clean and I edit myself. I also try to look for information, pieces of information, trending stars, trending news, get everything ready. And then I'm ready for my show. I make my show as real, as natural as, pos- as possible. Radio is an art. Radio is not a science. Uh, so if you over-prepare, it's just as bad as under-preparing. So I don't prepare like I'm going for an exam. I just make sure that I have my tools. And what are my tools? My music. Yes, my music, my pieces of information here and there. And I just make the show as light as possible. People want to relax, you know. And I think my radio station has identified that I have that, you know, quality you know, just to give people a good feel. And maybe it has to do with my voice. Yes, maybe. Uh, the tendency to make people relax and just and just listen up. You know, so uh, I, I try to prepare, but I don't prepare too much. I just get my sounds, uh, get a few things I like to talk about and make the show as light as possible. How do you spot good radio talent? How do I spot a good radio talent? It's so easy. It's so easy. The best radio talents are very conversational. Conversational doesn't mean they talk too much, but they're very conversational. And um, they say that uh, the best presenter is that person who is just about the same way he is in real life and on radio. So, And then a good presenter, a good radio talent should have a knack for music. Should have a knack for sporting good music. That's one quality I always look out for. Now, you'd say some people are current affairs hosts, some people are talk show hosts. Yes, I understand. But it's also a fundamental quality that some of these people also have. You know, uh, a good uh, radio host or potential radio talent has a knack for scavenging information, has a knack for knowing a little bit about everything. They know about sports. They know about religion. They know about science and technology. They know what happened in politics recently. They just naturally have a knack for gathering information. So those are qualities. And then some of them, maybe not all, have amazing radio voices like I am or like I do. (laughs) Okay, then. And of course, uh, these days, 
a lot of people fear for radio, uh, streaming services, podcasts here and there. But hey, radio is a medium that has come to stay forever. Radio has given birth to all these other mediums, all these digital platforms and mediums, streaming platforms, even podcasts, are babies that came from radio. The design, the pattern, the program arrangement, the you know, the, how everything segues are just things that bettered from radio. You know, so radio has come to stay. Radio is a very traditional medium. Radio is not abstract. Sometimes I pick up my phone and I'm listening to a streaming service. You know, I love it. It's on the go. It's handy. But sometimes I want to connect with seeing and looking at a real radio talk back at me. And that's a priceless feeling. So... Radio is a natural souvenir. Uh, it's come to stay forever. Uh, yes, it will give birth to other mediums, but radio can never go. Radio also has a grassroots appeal. There are some parts of the world, like in these parts, you know, in our parts of the world, there are some places that, you know, people can get access to streaming services, and it's a big deal, you know, but radio cuts out all those impossibilities. All you need to do is just a little transistor radio and batteries, and you can listen to radio anywhere. So why would we think or imagine that such medium would go? No! There are some parts of the world that might not have accessibility to internet, but I can listen to radio. I can be informed. I can have good music come through for me. So, radio has come to stay and it will remain relevant in the face of all the streaming services and podcasts available. They are commendable. They are commendable platforms. But they have learned everything that they do today from radio. So, the mother radio remains forever. I think so. What's your position on broadcast regulation in Nigeria? I often think that NBC, uh, despite being, you know, the country's uh, recognized regulatory body, has over the years become a tool of politics, you know, a tool to, a tool to compel people. Uh, how do I put it right now? A tool of. You know, the high and mighty, a tool of powers that be. And it's not such a good thing, you know, looking at NBC and how they muscle radio stations, uh, making them not to do things that is that are the right things to do and everything. It's a bad feeling sometimes when you find out that the NBC doesn't want you to pass certain information, doesn't want you to inundate the public with certain information that is their rights because they are political undertones. I just hope that they can do better. I just hope that one day soon we'll have a freedom, uh, you know, a freedom with the NBC where these things are looked at, the NBC code is looked at and certain things are changed. And radio can be a lot more appealing. Radio can be a lot more informative. And you see, the NBC is not entirely a bad medium. 
the NBC also tries not to heat up the polity, tries to make sure that stations in the, in the process of passing information uh, are not also heating up the polity and inciting emotional distress and trauma and fear and panic. Yes, they're also doing that, but that's a, one good thing that they try to do, but sometimes uh, they have to be properly regulated and uh, also understand, they also have to understand that radio is a medium for people to get information, radio especially, you know, and people want to know, you know, so I think that they can be better regulated so that radio stations can be properly regulated. Yes, I think so. What do you think about podcasts? Podcasts are amazing. Podcasts are like uh, cable TV. Yes. How do I mean? You subscribe to watch what you want to watch. You know, radio oftentimes gives you a whole mix of news, current affairs, sports, you know, all at the same time. And sometimes uh, the proportioning or fractioning might not appeal to you. You might want to listen to 70% music and 30% news. You might want to listen to 90% music and 10% news or uh, the other way around. But podcasts give you the ability to listen to what you like to listen to. You know, how you want to listen to it. You know, so if I'm listening to the uh, entertainment podcast, I know it's all entertainment. If, I listen, if I'm listening to a sports podcast, I know it's all sports. If I'm listening to a current affairs podcast, I know. So then podcasts are closer to you. There's no holds barred. There are no um, restrictions like don't say this word, don't say that word. You know, it's real. Yes. Uh, and that's why podcasts, you know, are a lot, uh, I wouldn't say better than radio, but a lot easy to um, deal with, accessible than radio is. Um, these days, with all the muscling, with all the, you know, rules and laws and regulations, you can listen to a podcast and hear everything said how it should be said without the need to edit, without the need to restrict you from listening or hearing this information. There are no restrictions. There's no holds barred. And that's why I think podcasts are amazing. Are podcasts the future of radio? Podcasts may not be the future of radio. When you say that something is the future of something, that means that the older thing is going to go extinct and something is going to replace it. <laughs> I don't think so. Podcasts are good, beautiful, commendable. But I don't really think that podcasts are the future of radio. No, I don't think so. As long as nothing can replace oxygen, you know, yes, then nothing can replace radio. There will be modifications. There will be new designs. I don't think podcasts are the future of radio. No, I don't think so. Podcasts are amazing. They can stand alone. They have their own job to do, but they are not the future of radio. In my opinion, IMO. How do you deal with a bad day at work? I've had a lot of bad, day, bad, days, work, uh, bad days at work. Yes, a lot in my career. Um, not like more than the good days, you know, but they come, they happen, you know. Life is a mix of the good and bad, so how do I handle that? Uh, 
Well, I'm a very good actor, I would say. And you see, this job has a lot of acting in it. So you, you're not feeling too good, but you have to make people happy. And you have to sound happy. So over the years, I've honed that particular skill. And even if I'm having a bad day at work, probably I need money for something very important or bad news came through or, uh, you know, I'm broke. <laughs> I hardly get broke these days, though. <laughs> Don't ask me why I said so. Anyway, um, in those moments, I just understand that this is a responsibility to the people. It's my job. And being professional as a radio personality or broadcaster uh, implies that you have to keep your head up, practice a lot of emotional intelligence, and that's how I deal with it. There's a lot, a, a lot of time to lick my wounds off the radio, but while I'm on air, I have to serve the listeners and make them happy. And that's been my, you know... Uh, that's being my strength, my ability to um, just uh, shelve all my problems, shelve uh, you know whatever issues that I'm having, and just deliver a fantastic show. So that's it. Pract with practice, I think that with practice and knowing what the job demands, uh, you may not have a problem with that over time. Practice and knowing that you do not have to bring your unhappy emotions into the job, regardless of how you feel. Who's on your playlist? Talk to me about your favorite Afrobeats acts. Davido, Wizkid. Um, you see, I have a lot of them right now in my head. But uh, when, I, when I'm asked these questions, I can't even... <laughs> Because then plenty. But let's see, let's see, let's see. I love Amaray. Yes. You know, I connect with her music. Amaray. Yeah, she's an Alte singer. Amalay. Amalay too. Yes, Amaray. Amalay because he's a, a fantastic, a fantastic storyteller. His music is just storytelling. You know, telling you about something that happened on the streets of uh, Port Hackett, on the streets of Lagos. You know, telling you about his life. Amalay. Amaray. Wizkid, David Doe, and most recently, Thames. I love Thames, yes. If you get one food with this world, where you no go ever chop, no matter how hungry you are, what food would that be? What meal would that be? Mm. Mm. It probably has to be rice and okra soup. <laughs> <laughs> If you had a superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? One superpower I'd like to have is to be able to become something in the face of something. Take, for example, I'm driving and uh, somebody wants to harass me on the road for a certain reason. I'd just like to come out of my car and suddenly find myself in... A soldier's regalia. Yes. Yes. Or somebody wants to frighten me. Probably I come in contact with a robber. I probably just want to change into a shift, shift, like shift, shift into a lion. 
to scare them away. So the ability to shape shift, yes, that's the word. The ability to shape shift into anything that I want in the face of trouble or in the face of, you know, good times is like, you know, change into dangote or obikubana when it's time to spend money. Yes, the ability to shape shift is very important. So you already know how I'm going to use them, right? Another one is the ability to be able to be very powerful, like be very powerful, like in the face of situations, be like a superman. Yes, be very powerful, take on 20 guys at the same time, you know, have powers, you know, fire coming out of my mouth, be able to throw people from from one location to another with my hands, be able to lift a car, a trailer. <laughs> yes, my superpowers. What legacy does K Boogie want to leave behind? Legacy, legacy, legacy. One of them that I love to leave behind is you can do anything that you want to. Everything is possible. I'd love to leave uh, a legacy as uh, a personality that came and conquered uh, radio just by harassing his love for it. I told you at the start of this conversation that I was going to own my own radio station soon. And when that happens, it is because I want to leave a legacy that any dreams that you have can become reality. Yes, as long as you believe in them. It's going to take time. It's not going to be a smooth road, a smooth journey. Yes, it's not going to be. But you can achieve whatever you believe. So, my radio station is coming up very soon, hopefully, by Gus Grace. And that will be the peak of this dream that at the end of the day, I set out on this journey to become an amazing radio personality. And here is it. I own my own radio station. And maybe at that time, I probably will, uh, you know, tick, give myself that fat tick that this dream has eventually become resounding reality. My guest has been Kenneth Ugweje, Kenneth Chima Ugweje, a.k.a. K-Boogie. He's been a phenomenal guest. Um, one more thing you want to add? Okay, as I round off, as I round off, I want to say that the Tony Doe podcast is amazing. Yes, amazing. It's your go-to place for the best of information. It's your go-to place for the best of, uh, you know, uh, great conversations. Yes. And if you ever are looking to get into this business of radio, then you got to keep listening to the Tony Doe podcast. It's your go-to place for everything. All right. As I ran off, I am Kenneth Ugreje uh, in full. It's Kenneth Chima Ugreje. And they call me K-Boogie on radio. Keep listening to radio. Radio will never go away. <laughs> God bless you. Oh. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, do me a favor and tell somebody about it. Let them check it out as well. Also, if you'd like to support, the links are in the show notes on how you can do that. Thank you for listening.